it's God first, other second, yourself third. The unique and cool thing about it is if you have that perspective, it comes back around to benefit you. Iwoo Hoops presents The Pursuit. Go inside the locker room as Iwoo Hoops trades the pursuit of me for the pursuit of three. Welcome to episode 16 of The Pursuit. I'm Jeff Clark, and I'm one of the coaches of the Indiana Wesleyan basketball team. On episode three, we heard the story of Cannon Coffey just missing out on his goal to get in the man's club. The story didn't end there, and in a moment of disappointment, he chose to buy fully into the vision Coach Tonegal had laid out for the team of pursuing hunger, habits, and humility. There's not a better representation of the fruit of that work than Canaan. And if you listen to episode three, you'll be encouraged to hear how his year finished out. In the second half, Coach T will reflect on hunger, habits, and humility and talk about how Canaan was a living example of what happens when we pursue these things. We're joined again by Canaan Coffee. Canaan, on episode three, you talked about missing the man's club. The way you responded to that disappointment set the tone for the rest of the season. Take us back to that time and the way you chose to respond. As I said before, it was definitely a tough time. And I think after not making man's club, I was filled with a lot of, um, I was upset and I was filled with anger. And yeah, I, I had two options. I could either sulk in that and kind of turn inward and, um, just be caught up in that anger or I could use it as motivation and just continue to get after and continue to pursue my goals and um, not just look back at that moment as, um, oh man, like, why didn't I get that? But rather look at it as like, man, I need to keep growing. I need to keep developing. I need to keep getting better. And so that's ultimately what I did. But that's hard because when we work hard towards something, we want to be rewarded. Mm -hmm. How did you stay away from disappointment or doubt in those moments? I think I just didn't let myself get too caught up in my head. Um, I think as my freshman year, that was one thing that was big for me. I just got kind of caught up too much in my own head and uh, wasn't strong, wasn't very strong mentally. But I think going into this next year, I wanted to change that and not let anything negative affect how I approach the next thing in my life. Um, And in the on the basketball court, in terms of like, if I miss a shot, I'm not going to let that affect the next shot I take. And so I think. Um, just kind of flipping my perspective on that was huge. And we notice that as coaches. It can be hard when you're disappointed to continue to work hard. And this concept we've been talking about throughout the pursuit of hunger, habits, and humility, it's something you really displayed in the way you responded. Take us through hunger, habits, and humility and what it meant for you this year. So I've always been a competitive person, and I think the hunger almost comes naturally sometimes. And I just have a hunger for wanting to get better and continuing to grow and uh, become the best player and person I can be. And I think that that has helped translate into the habits that I've built. And just from wanting to grow, I've developed certain habits. And so on the basketball court, that was just getting in the gym as much as possible and uh, getting that repetition with my shot and finding a rhythm. And, you know, that can definitely be tough sometimes when your shot's not falling some days, but you just got to stick with it because you got to look at it in the big picture and not look at, you know, what's happening today and realizing the growth that's going to come from it. And I think one of the things with humility that um, our program has stressed is it's not just um, being kind of passive and um, it's not the, it's not the normal way that you use the word humility, but rather it's 
using your strengths for the teams for the benefit of the team and so that's just kind of one thing i kept in my mind is like i can't be passive as a shooter i think being a shooter can open up the floor in so many ways for so many different things and um i really just wanted to to continue to grow in that aspect so because ultimately i knew it would really benefit our team if i became a um became a threat from the outside that's something we've stressed a lot in our program is this aggressive side of humility because too often we associate that term with a passivity Mm -hmm. or a a shyness almost or we just banish all proud thoughts but in philippians 2 when we look at christ's humility he is aggressive in going to the cross to sacrifice himself for us and there's this side he recognized who he was it says he was the son of god and he knew that and used that position and pointed it towards us to benefit us. And it really speaks powerfully because you're in this position where you can really shoot it. It's something God's gifted you to do. But if you're you're thinking of the passive side of humility, you would say, no, I shouldn't shoot. I should defer to my teammates. Mm-hmm. But because you're gifted to shoot, when you shoot it well and you shoot it fearlessly, you're opening things up for your teammates. And, and that shifts the mindset. So we start the year... And still the fruit wasn't being shown. You weren't in the starting lineup at the beginning of the year. You weren't on fire to start the year. What's going through your mind as you're putting all this time in the gym and the results just still aren't coming your way? So initially, I was kind of, I was still in a state of frustration in a way. Um, you know, not seeing any shots fall in, knowing how much time I had put in. And that kind of got wrapped up in my head a little bit. And But I, I didn't let it keep me from... Uh, keep me from continuing the habits that I had developed and so I just stuck with it I stayed in the gym and um, like I said it, it's it's hard sometimes especially when you don't see it play out and um, in games like maybe I'll, I would shoot really well in practice a couple of days and then not shoot well in the game and so that was that was pretty tough for me but yeah I just ultimately stuck with it and wanted to keep growing and keep staying consistent with my shot and um, I knew in my head that it was gonna that it was gonna show at some point. We sit here now knowing the end of the story, and it's amazing to look back. In the first 13 conference games, you were 16 for 47, so basically made 1-3 at 34%. Then in the last 13 games of the season, you were 34 for 74 for 46%. So you just exploded from three and added a whole new dimension to our offense. Was there a moment where it clicked? Honestly, there, there really wasn't a specific moment that I remember. Um, I think just just the pursuit of, of chasing my habits and continuing to grow my habits. And um, I think that's what ultimately led to that, to shooting well from behind the arc is just because I stayed with it and uh, never, there wasn't really ever a moment where I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to keep doing this. I don't want to keep uh, pursuing my habits. But um, there, there really wasn't a specific time, I think, just knowing that I had continue those habits throughout the entire year and realizing like, man, there's going to be a time where this pays off. I just got to stay with it until then. And it really was a, a perfect manifestation of hunger habits, humility, because you continued to get in the gym and get shots up and you had that hunger, you built the habits around it, but it was never about you. When, when you weren't starting, you never complained. When you weren't making a lot of shots, you weren't making excuses. You took coaching really well. You kept moving forward and all of a sudden you just go off. And it was really brick by brick. You you built up this foundation to prepare you for that. But I do want to take you and our listeners inside one specific game. 
So there's three games left in the regular season of conference, and we're tied with St. Francis. And we go on the road to play them. They're ranked third in the country. We're ranked sixth. It was really the marquee game in the country in the NAIA. And in that game, you were five for five from three. We won 86-82, and we couldn't have done it without you having that shooting performance. Take us inside that game. So this was probably one of the biggest games I'd played in up to this point in my college career. And, um, you know, it was on the road. It was against a top-five team. And part of me was just – part of me was nervous how I always am before a game, but another part of me just kind of – I really wasn't nervous, and I was just more excited. It was an opportunity for us to – kind of make a statement and have a statement game and I think the games leading up to this I was able to see my teammates and coaches pour into me and uh, help me recognize uh, the strengths and the things that I can bring to this team and ultimately I just I really feel like I played in freedom during this game and you know a lot of the time you're playing a top five team it can be kind of intimidating at first but there wasn't really anything intimidating about it for me just because I, I knew I had worked hard and I was ready for the moment and um yeah ultimately it played out and it was just an awesome game for our team and uh we came out on top and it was it was just a huge win for us to be able to win that on the road I remember coach was talking a lot about having a fearless spirit which is obviously a big theme in our program that we're talking about throughout this podcast and he told the story of what happened in the Super Bowl which had just happened and the Eagles went in with a fearless attitude. They had nothing to lose, and they maybe went unconventional in some of their play calls, specifically mm-hmm. one where the, the quarterback caught a big pass. And as he shared it, uh, there's just something that resonated deep within us is we have to have this same mentality. And you came into the game with a fearless spirit, but you also had a play in the game. St. Francis had gone on the run. There was a couple minutes left, and we're in a timeout, and there's a big moment. Take us inside that timeout and then what unfolded over the the next couple of of minutes yeah so we sat down on that timeout and coaches were talking and we're just kind of talking to each other as teammates and um kind of getting ready for these last few minutes and all of a sudden coach clark comes in and sits down and usually when coach clark comes and sits down he he's got something in his mind that he wants to do and uh either wants to run a set or uh yeah just has something in mind and so he sat down and uh, he called a set for me and where I would get a three. And so when I heard that, I was jacked because um, I knew that he had the confidence in me and I knew my teammates had the confidence in me to be able to take that shot. And um, so as we were, yeah, as we were running that play, uh, there was a little bit of a, a mishap and uh, the ball got kind of knocked away, but um, Evan got it back and I ran out on the wing and he threw it over to me and I, I took that shot and it was pretty contested, but um, me just knowing that my teammates were around me and uh, that my coaches had the, had the confidence in me just allowed me to take that shot in freedom. I wasn't really thinking about it, but rather just taking it. And uh, yeah, and I hit that shot and that kind of changed the, the course of those next couple minutes and allowed us to go on a little bit of a run and ultimately finish out that game strong. But um, yeah, so that, that was definitely a fun time because you know, we as a, as a unit, we knew that one little play might be able to spark us for the rest of the game, and uh, it just so happened that it was my play. But um, yeah, it, it was just an awesome last few minutes as a team to be able to uh, get that number one spot in conference. 
I'll never forget that play because in the in the timeout huddle, uh, I went to Coach T and I said, "Remember Doug Peterson?" <laughs> and we had put this play in based on something we'd seen on film, mm-hmm. and we thought it would work. And I remember going to my play sheet and looking down, and this was a play call we wanted to go to in a big moment. But when I mentioned it to Coach T, he kind of looked at me like <laughs> I was crazy. But he said, "Fearless, right?" So we run the play, and it works. And then we go in the locker room after, and we're celebrating. And those locker rooms are special when you're mm-hmm. celebrating like this. And, and Coach T gave me a, some, some credit for that. It was very kind of him. But what I'll always remember was as the play unfolded, one guy went to the wrong spot. <laughs> another guy dropped the ball. And it wasn't a good shot that you took. There was a guy right, right in your face. So none of the stuff that I thought would work <laughs> actually worked. But you just made a fearless play in a big moment as a credit to you. And that's stuff that people may not see. At the end of the day, a guy has to make a play, and you made a play in that moment. What's it feel like when you're playing in humility, you're playing for your teammate, and you get to make that shot and then go celebrate in the locker room? It's unbelievable. I mean, it's crazy. I think that was kind of like the culmination of the whole year for me, Um, knowing like – it just allowed me to release all the anger, frustration, anything that I felt during the year and just be able to celebrate with my teammates. And, um, yeah, there's there's nothing better than a locker room celebration on the road. Um, and it, it was just a really powerful moment, I think, uh, for me. And it just – it was just an awesome time to be able to – to be able to make a play like that, um, something that – I hadn't really done yet the whole year and just a, a play that changed the course of the game. And, um, it, it was, it was fun. It's something I'll never forget because you really did live out this hunger habits, humility piece, and you did it both in good times and bads. When you were making shots, you stayed in the gym and kept working hard. When you were in a slump, you were in the gym consistently every single day and to see hunger habits and humility play out in a way that, could be celebrated in that moment, but also positioned us for a number one seed, which was so critical for us making the national championship run, run was really powerful. And I hope it's a story that inspires listeners. This podcast was created to take you behind the scenes of building an I Am Third culture in a basketball program. But IW Hoops believes this philosophy can translate to any context. As we enter this one minute halftime, we want to let you hear from our sponsor, Insurance Management Group who is building a culture of I am third in the insurance industry right here in Indiana. Here's IMG president, Trent Daly. Pursuing the I am third lifestyle has helped me grow as a leader in all aspects of life. Putting God first, my colleagues and customers second, and myself third has impacted IMG in ways I couldn't have imagined. At IMG, we have a passion for people and helping them achieve their goals. We are not just an insurance agency. We are a culture and an experience. You should expect more from your insurance agent. Visit us now at www.insmgt.com. Now back to the second half. We're back with Coach Tonegal. Coach, all the way back in episode one, you shared about hunger habits and humility. And then in episode three, we heard Kanan Coffee's story of missing man's club and just the the hurt and disappointment of that moment. Now fast forward to this point in the season, Kanan is becoming one of the elite shooters in the country. What did you see unfold over the course of the season for Kanan? Well, I was, like we talked about in that first podcast, 
I hurt with Kanan because he had put so much time in. He'd, he'd spent a lot of time in the weight room. But then to turn t- to the season and not allow that to distract him or or just to to take him down, he stayed focused. And then he started putting his time in the gym. Now, Kanan was a kid. If you came in here late at night, he was in the gym. If you came here in the morning, there's a good chance you were going to see him in the gym. And he stayed that course, even though things on the outside maybe weren't as, as rosy for him. He wasn't starting. Um but he, but he stayed the course. And, and the ironic thing is, ultimately, as we got hot in January and February, who was it that led us? Hmm. It was Kanan. Speaking of hunger habits and humility, how did he embody living into those characteristics? Well, Kanan always had the hunger. I mean, when you talk about a kid, you say, hey, what do you want to get better in? He'll, he'll spit five things back at you. So the hunger's there. I think where maybe the coaches came in is, is begin to help him form habits. So his hunger was certainly driving habits for the long term. And then his habits were really pushing him to new levels of growth. And that became infectious. All of a sudden now, it just wasn't Kanan in the weight room. It was Kanan and a few other guys. It wasn't Kanan in the gym. It was Kanan and a few other guys. And that took the team to another level. I remember putting my son to bed one night. and We were just talking and late at the end. Right before I put him to sleep, he goes, Dad, can I ask you a question? And I said, yeah. He said, why is Kanan always in the gym shooting? And when I thought of that, it's, it just is who Kanan is. He had a drive to get better. And we saw that in recruiting it, and it played out. Take this to a team level, though. We, we grew in hunger habits, humility throughout the year. We saw the team live into those into that vision. What did you see play out as the team responded to the thing that had been put before them? This team, more than any other team, grew from the start to the end of finish by far. And everything we threw at them, they accepted as a, a challenge to grow. Um, so there was a point in the season where we were turning it over, and we just showed them the stats. Then we went on a, a streak where, man, our assisted turnover was an all-time high. There was a streak where you know we stopped making threes, and we showed our guys some film. Then we go on a few-game streak where we start making threes. And, and you name it, there was some defensive stuff. And that made coaching more enjoyable than, than probably any year strictly for on-the-court performance just because our guys were always hungry. Whatever we gave them, they accepted. But then they also went out and did the work and developed the right habits. And as a result, they were able to achieve some success and do it with some humility. We talked all the way back in episode two about empowering the leaders to lead. What role did that play, do you think, in, in the growth of the team this year? Yeah, we, we handed more power to Ben and Jacob and, and Trevor and Joel. And, I mean, it was different guys in different moments, but that can be scary as a leader to say, you know, I'm going to transfer some of the power that I have, some of the authority I had. But I think in one sense we recognized those guys were going to do a better job than we were. And as a result, they drove the team constantly for new areas of growth. It was fun to see really everyone in the program – take ownership of the vision and take leadership in some way. So Kane wasn't on the leadership team, but he's a guy that's showing the habits and other guys are following in there. You can think of Trevor Harrell and the way at the end of the bench, he was coaching in a way that gained credibility and guys would come to him in the middle of the game because he had a hunger to help his teammates. So really for every guy to take ownership of this, it really helped us live into our potential as a team. Coach, final thing, Kanan talked in half one about his game against St. Francis, and we'd seen his growth as he pursued hunger habits and humility, but that was really a breakout game. Do you remember just the attitude of the team going into what maybe was the biggest game of the year? Well, anytime you go on the road, you've you've got to have more than a great game plan. you got to have the right mentality, and, and something I think we believe in strongly is that mentality often trumps um, strategy, 
or even skills at time. And, and fearless has become a huge part of our mentality and our mindset. And so we were knew we were going to have that moment. Where we we're going to have to make a decision to uh, make a fearless play, maybe make a, a fearless decision as a, as a coaching staff, but it was going to happen. And you referenced a specific play from the, from the Super Bowl. Yes. We, we were talking about the Super Bowl and just the gutsy play that uh, coach Peterson called. And it was just that, kind of out of the box, hey, we're going for it type play. And everybody was shocked. But something we believe in is that the greatness favors the fearless. And so if, you, if you're if you stuck in one of those big moments and you have a big opportunity, sometimes you got to go for it. And so we had talked about that as a staff. And then we found ourselves in that position late in the game as, as the game was winding down and we needed a big play. And I remember when we're in the huddle and we think back to that play and we suggest it, we all kind of looked at each other like, are we crazy for trying this? Because we easily could have gone inside and, and got a two and we had a lead. So to actually call a set for Kanan, and then the play broke down. It didn't unfold necessarily according to perfect execution, but we saw the fearless mentality come out. I think we all – I was definitely not, not in favor of running a play for our fifth or sixth leading scorer at that point. Um, you know, as a coach, you want to go to your security blanket, which is Kyle Mangus, Evan Maxwell, but – there was just something about it that you had. I think you had a feeling. You said at that moment, I looked at you like, "Well, you, you better be right on this feeling." Because <laughs> I wish I had a camera. That I could could have recorded your face when I suggested that. You looked at me like I was insane. I was like, "This isn't open gym, Jeff. This is you know the conference <laughs> is on the line." And, and you said you believed in Kanan. And I, you know, there's something about when your coach says you believe in 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 somebody. You know, I, I remember when my coach either gave me that look or said something that um, was translated as. I believe in you, that's worth its weight in gold. And I think that's what happened to Kanan when, when we called that play was, hey, we believe in you. And he went out there, and, and as the play unfolds, as you know, bad execution, bad screen, <laughs> bad pass, fearless shot. And what, what overruled and what what was the, uh, the end result was a heck of a play because he just shot it fearlessly. And part of the story that's so great when you look at the entire season and, and calling out greatness, some people want a coach to just tell everyone they're awesome shooters or – hey, I, I really believe in you, but Kanan had put in the work that earned the trust of the coaches in a big moment. Yeah, he certainly deserved that opportunity. And I'll tell you what, for if there's young players out there listening, you know, confidence is never just given from a coach. I hear that a lot. Hey, my coach doesn't give me confidence. You earn confidence, and the way you earn it is by putting in work. And so I had a lot of trust for Kanan in that moment because I had seen him in the gym so much. On our next episode, we're going to be joined by Coach Jordan White. Jordan was an All-American player when Indiana Wesleyan won our first national title in 2014. He's going to share about his journey as a player to understand what it meant to worship in basketball. He's also going to talk about how the team found joy in the conference tournament. Coach T is going to come on in the second half and talk about joy in basketball as well. See you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Pursuit. If you were challenged to grow from this podcast, please rate or review us on your podcast platform or share with those you know as it helps multiply the impact. If you have a question you would like to ask IWU Hoops on a future episode, hashtag AskIWUHoops or email jeff.clark at indwes.edu. You can follow us on Twitter Instagram, or Facebook at Hoops. Join us next time right here on The Pursuit. And remember, if you want to be first, 
First, find a way to be served.